Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I think I'm Val. And is today Monday? I'm not it sure. Is today Monday. Is Monday. <laughs> Monday. You're in the right place. Okay. Val's in the right place. All of you that are watching, you're in the right place. So is anybody else uh, confused about where they are right now? Like it's just been going on for so long. <laughs> everything, everything has felt very the same every like it just mixes all together it's groundhog day right yeah somebody mentioned something about you know you know clear back in march when we were doing this or this and i'm like <laughs> like that was a long time ago it was only a few months ago i said no march was like 50 years long like it was <laughs> last, last week last week felt like a month like there wasn't anything yeah. wrong with the week it just felt like forever yeah Damn. and i think what when, when, when all of this first started most of our lives being turned upside down for, you know, reasons, I guess YouTube doesn't like it when we say the reasons, so we won't say the reasons, but <laughs> when all of this happened, like March for us was a very dark, like overcast month. And I thought this is just making it worse, like making the depression worse, that and an earthquake, it just all made everything worse. But I think the heat has made it really bad too. Cause it is just excruciatingly hot. And it I just is really yeah. hot lately. Yes. And, so, and none of us can like really go anywhere. Oh, like it's just yeah. more hot and sweaty in our own houses instead of being hot and sweaty out and about or like at a pool or whatever. Like it's, yeah. And look, I, I like hot and sweaty as much as the next guy, but sometimes it's a little <laughs> much. All right. Wasn't that your band name back in uh, high school? It was. It was. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage. Cover. Hot and sweaty. We did a great cover of the Weird Al parody of Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. That was totally our thing. Hot and sweaty, Smells you. Like Teen Spirit. It just went together. It worked really well. <laughs> it worked really, really well. Val, you shared an article with us that Amazon is picking up a series on A League of Their Own. They did. This Literally the, the day after we did our episode, I talked about it on the air on B98.7 because yeah. the news had just come out like right after we did our mm -hmm. episode. And so, yeah, they'll be doing um, a series on a league of our, their own and they're going to have storylines in there from um, exactly what we wanted to see. So they're going to have yep. um, all different women and all different leagues, including the black league, white league, women mm -hmm. league, like all of that stuff. It's going to be really interesting to watch. So the first thing I want to say is thank you, Amazon, for listening to our show. We're glad we could help you with some <laughs> ideas for some content. For the rest of you, if there's welcome, a Jeff movie Bezos. that you'd like a reboot scene or like a series picked up, let us know. We'll talk about it on air. We'll Amazon's obviously listening. We'll see what we Green can get light. done. Green light. We'll see what we can get done. Uh, Tracy, you are on tomorrow. Done. That's that's what we do. You are on tomorrow for cast off. Val, I you won in my book last week. I agree with Patrick I agree with great, But I liked a lot of your picks. Um, I, I, he had some good picks too. Both of you had Jack Black though. Jack Black as animal was. Yep. Yeah. Like Craig, brilliant. what was that? Like off the wall, most ridiculous. Like yeah. you have to so go digging really, for that choice. <laughs> so, if you guys have not, and I don't mean you guys, because you guys have, but if our listeners <laughs> haven't gone and listened to Matinee Heroes, they do this same thing on their show. And when he and Alan pick, they do pick from all of space and time and Obscurity. like random, yeah. um, mm -hmm. not random, mm -hmm. but they pick a lot of celebrities from older movies and things like that, that I'm just not as familiar with. So I wasn't totally shocked, but I had no idea who the person was that he picked. Like, I was like, no, Jack Black's way better. That should definitely be Well, that's case. what's funny. If you listen to the after show, um, he asked us a little bit more about our picks and then he asked oh. how to, did we lose her? Am I still, I'm still here, right? Am there I still we go. here? You're back. It just it froze for a little bit. So what did he ask you on the after show? Okay. It kind of started cutting out a little bit there. So they were, he, I was one point away from a tie, right? So if you go into a tiebreaker, right. then you have to do a double feature pick and mine would have been who framed Roger Rabbit and I would have won. So if I could have just gotten that one point for mm. the tie, but again, it was so close and Patrick did a great job. I mean, when he threw yeah. Eddie Murphy in there, I never even thought about putting Eddie Murphy in that role. And that was a crazy good pick. 
Yeah. That was a great one. Yeah. It, 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 he did have some good picks. He deserved to win. Um, but value did a great job as well. So tomorrow I, I Tracy, Val captured the heart of the characters a little bit better. I agree. I think so too. But he, Tegan I, nothing, nothing removed from Patrick. I know, but I like the reason why I chose Chrissy Teigen is because Miss Piggy is like this sassy, sexy, you know, like hardcore, um, in your face kind of character that you still love at the end of the day. And, but she's not the best singer and she's not the best actor, but she doesn't care. And I feel like that's Chrissy Teigen all the way. I feel like the person that he picked, I love her as an actress. I keep, I forget her name right now, but she was from Beetlejuice and, um, Oh yeah. Catherine um, oh Creek. yeah. Catherine um, That's right. yeah. But I think she's fantastic. She doesn't have the sex appeal of Miss Piggy, but she's a great comedic actress. See, yeah. I, I was thinking Bette Midler. Oh, Bette Midler would be good too. I, but I don't think that Bette Midler brings the same kind of sex appeal that, that Val's talking about. I mean, not yeah. that young, she is young in her own way. Young oh. Bette Midler, man. Gracie, you've got South Park tomorrow on Cast Off. We are wishing you the best of luck. Um, Dude, Gracie reached out to me. I'm going to have to pick your brain, Jake. I'm like, nope, sorry. I am zero help. I do not know. And not that. Major prop. So so I reach out to you guys just to to say I'm doing South Park. And I jokingly say, I'm going to have to lean on Jake with his extensive knowledge of South Park to help me out here. And Jake, who is not your your biggest uh, South Park fan, he comes up with the best selection ever. And unfortunately, yeah. it's not one of the characters selected. And that is really? for Kenny. Who did you Sean pick Bean. for Kenny? Sean Bean. Listen, Sean they're always Bean. killing Kenny. You got to put Sean Bean in that role. How is Kenny I, not so on the list? I was yeah, so going to use that. I'm like, I don't care. I am using that pick. And then he wasn't on the list. I'm like, Grr. yeah, but, but literally the fact that they always kill Kenny is like the only thing I know about South Park. So <laughs> I, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch. Do you to know about you cheesy poops? No, Man. I, I don't like, I think there's, there's Kenny is, I know him. I know Cartman says something about respecting his authority. And, and cheesy and poofs. Bring me my cheesy poofs. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Man, I need I, my cheesy poofs. Yeah. So the <laughs> I best used to of watch luck the first to you. Three seasons, the first three seasons, um, we watched it every Wednesday at my friend's house. We all went there. That was what we did on Wednesdays. Back I'm, when you uh, can meet with your friends at their houses. Yeah, I, I, I I got into South Park like when it first three or four years and I haven't watched a lot since. I think that Matt and Trey um, are hysterical and they come up with some brilliant stuff. Um, yeah. Team America World Police is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Um, but, uh, oh, Team America is great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> So Tracy, I I gave you a compliment on the after show because they were like, Tracy is so well-versed in, in movies and you like so many great movies and you know, you're this, you, you took film in school, you taught film, you know, maybe he's not going to do well at this because, and I said, Oh no, 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 no. Tracy watches and loves horrible movies. This will be fine. He (laughs) loves a lot of awful, awful movies. So he's going to be fine. I can watch uh, Team America and um, Citizen Kane, and I can appreciate both. Yeah, yeah. you should remake. Okay. You should just put that into one movie. There you go. <laughs> uh, this, which is why I think a lot of people like our show. Like we know what we like. We like a lot of different films, and we can right, talk right. about almost anything on the show. I feel like so. I'm in a horror movie right now. Am I in a horror movie? Like this lighting is a little bit kind it is, of like, it's, kind of moody. it's, it's a little <laughs> ominous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're just trying something new today, Val. It's all right. It's fine. It looks good. I need lighting good. that reflects my mood. I mean, it doesn't scream hubba hubba or anything, but it looks good. <laughs> Mic drop. All right. So this month, we are talking about sports movies. 
and this week we are talking about it's not it's not a movie per se, but it's a documentary series. It's on Netflix, um, and it's it's the Last Dance. And this came out right. I mean, as everything was happening, uh, it came out on ESPN, uh, and it basically chronicles uh, Michael Jordan's career as well as his last season as a bowl, the last dance, right? The last time that they that he won a championship. Um, I think looking back on it, what he would probably like to be his last season in the NBA and forget that he ever played for the Washington Wizards and that yep. any of that happened. Were they the Bulls um, at the time or were they the Wizards? No, they were the Wizards when he was on. Are they? Okay. Yeah, like they had just gone through the rebranding, so they were like the really that makes ugly, sense. like light blue Wizards uniform, and everyone was what? Yeah, because Bullets that. was That's obviously right. not not what they wanted to be anymore. <laughs> um, Jake, was but, it hard rewatching this series or watching this series uh, happen? So. It, it, some parts were like the last episode, last couple of episodes where they get into the series with the jazz um, and you know, how everything went down there. It was like, I was a big jazz fan during that time while the jazz were, I'm still a big jazz fan. It's not like I stopped caring about the jazz, Um, but watching Carl and John go to the, to the finals, you know, two years in a row, it was huge for our community. It was huge uh, for the jazz. It was huge for the fan base uh, and both years, I mean, the Bulls just killed us. I mean, they, they didn't blow us out of the water necessarily, but like just beating us um, and just showed they were the better team all the way around in the playoffs. And that was so was, I was nervous to go back and relive that. But honestly, Michael Jordan is such an interesting figure in sports history and in the history of the NBA, like you can't not be interested and intrigued. Like if you enjoy basketball, you have to respect who Michael Jordan is and what he brings to the game. Uh, And so I, I don't think it was hard to watch. It was intriguing more than anything. Um, And honestly, I was a big proponent for a long time that Jordan pushed off against uh, Brian Russell and uh, everything else. But then watching it, I was like, no, he really didn't. He really it, didn't. It wasn't a penalty. It shouldn't have been a foul. And um, they were just a good team. So. Well, because I know, like, I'm a huge um, college sports fan. Um, right. I love college basketball. I love college football. And when Utah went to the championship and played against Kentucky and we lost, we were mm-hmm. leading to like five minutes left and then kind of fell off and they beat us. Like, that's still painful for me. So I didn't know like how painful it was for you to go back and rewatch. Cause I don't think I would watch a series about that, that season or that game. I want yeah. to just kind of forget about that. Yeah. And I think that's one way that the, um, that college and, and professional is different, right? Because you've got the series. And so, you know, there were True. some great moments True. that the jazz had in the series. Um, and then, you know, they ended up losing the series. Whereas in college basketball, yeah. Like what losing it in the last five minutes and you lose everything and it's done. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it wasn't it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And like I said, it's such an interesting cast of characters, using the term loosely. Um, right. And it was such an interesting look into his career um, because I think you you have a tendency to look at Michael Jordan, who, in my opinion, is probably the greatest basketball player of all time. I it would be hard right. for me to pick someone better than him. Um, right. And you have a tendency to think he did it all by himself. And this series really kind of shows how he didn't, even though if you asked him, he probably still would say he did do a lot of it on his own. <laughs> I mean, but, but he, yeah. says, he even says in the documentary that he doesn't. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, yeah. But we can I, safely I say that, that the man has to help you. Yeah. I mean, he, you're, you have to. You really have yeah, to to totally. be – in in that line of work but i was really um happy to see that he was such a hard worker when they talk about when he you know leaves um college and how he was you know he showed up at the colleges and and he's like i want to be the best um basketball player that's ever played here and then he works his butt off and then you know with you know then he goes pro and he shows up and he doesn't show up with a big ego. He shows up as somebody that just wants to be a part of a team. But then he realizes that that world that is 
you know, basketball at the time. And maybe it's that still that way now. I don't know, but you know, drugs and girls and fame and all this stuff. And he's like, that's not me. Like, I just wanted to hang at home with my mom and then, you know, go and work out. And he pushed his team to be better because he, he wanted to work with the team. If he was, you know, super all about himself, he would have just made himself better and played his game on his own. So I really liked how it showed that about him because I, and don't hate me, but I was a Bulls fan because I was a Blackhawks fan. So I was automatically Mm. a Chicago fan because when I was younger, when all this was going on, we used to have um, the Golden Eagles, but we didn't have a big hockey team. So I liked Golden Eagles and then I had to pick a national and that was, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks. I loved them. And so then Mm. I automatically pulled on to, um, you know, the bulls that was also my team. The colors were my colors. Like it's the Disney colors, red, black, and white for all my things here. But also that's where I, I found my love, um, for the game because I did like watching basketball and going basketball games. I had all the hats. Um, I, that's how I found my love for Nike was through Michael Jordan. It was so interesting to see that he didn't even want to go talk to Nike. And his mom was like, they called his mom. Like he didn't want to go be with them. I called his mom and she's like, look, you need to go listen to what they have to say. And then he wears Nikes and they totally rip his feet from end to end. But you know, then they worked it out. But so it's, it's just interesting to see behind the scenes of this is all happening when I was in junior high and high school. So you don't see all that stuff. I just saw all the cool clothing and the the games and just do it and all that, you know, Mike Lee was directing commercials for Nike. Yeah. Well, and I think the Nike Jordan relationship is so interesting because like he said, like the, the two companies that he was really interested in Converse said they weren't interested in him right off the bat. Cause they had all of the other existing stars and right. like so Converse cheesy. was the Those official commercial. shoe. Oh yeah. That commercial was awful that they showed. I was like, <laughs> but, but it was the eighties. Like that's the way it was. Yeah. Um, and, and then he said he really wanted Adidas but Nike was this kind of upstart company. They had done track shoes. They hadn't really gotten into basketball shoes. And let's be mm-hmm. honest before Jordan, like basketball shoes and sneakers in general were not the big commodity that they are now. Yeah. I mean, he really right. made that happen. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Nike went all in on him. They were willing to oh. pay him more than any of the other companies were going to give him a, a signature shoe, all of this stuff that nobody really did at the time. Mm-hmm. And man, did it pay off for them. I mean, now, and now, and now that's is, the standard. Yeah. That's the shoe that people want. Like when you come out and you go pro, you want your own signature shoe with Nike. Right. You know, yeah. and then I mean, others. LeBron is the biggest selling one right now. If you've got the LeBron yeah. shoe, you know, that's the one. So. Yep, exactly. Now, how many Nikes do you think you have? I have six pair right now. I did have eight, but two of them got stolen. So, yeah. I wear, this is the thing though. I wear my Nikes until they are not wearable anymore. I'm not, like I take really good care of them, but I also wear them. Like last year, I actually got rid of a pair of Nike because, and they were my favorite. They were like this green and white pair that I'd never seen before. Um, And uh, no, they, they did not smell great and they had holes in them. And so, (laughs) but it's my dream to have like the big wall of Nikes in the little plastic tubs that you see, like on all of the athletes when you walk into their closet. That's like my dream. I don't even need clothes in there. You're like the toys from Toy Story. You got to take them out of the pack and play with them. Yes. Yeah. Well, you got it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, I had one pair of Air Jordans growing up. Like it was one year that that's all I wanted for Christmas was a pair of Air Jordans and my grandparents got them for me and, and bless them. My grandparents are awesome that they did it, but it was the year there was like a white pair. There was a black pair. And then there was one that was like a cranberry and white color. And like, I wanted the black ones, maybe the white ones, but nobody you wanted the, the cranberry, cranberry one. ones. I did. What are you talking about? Do you know how much those shoes sell for now? Are you Listen, kidding me? Are you sure, kidding I get- me? 
I get all of that now, but as a fourth grade boy, none of the other boys, they all had the black ones or the white ones. And my par- grandparents, bless them, they got me the, the cranberry ones, <laughs> but I didn't care. I, they were still Jordans. They had the I, little holes on the tongue that you could pull up the tongue yeah. with the, yeah, they were awesome. They were great I think shoes. young Jake's going to look cute in these cranberry shoes. <laughs> Honestly, they, I think those were the last pair. Like that's what Probably. they could find. That was what Probably. was available because it was such a hot, I mean, always hot every year. That's what everybody wanted. So you weren't cool if you didn't have Jordans. I'd wear, you know? I'd wear the heck out of them. I well, did. I wore them every day. Like, listen, they were still Jordans and I was still excited about that. But anyway, <laughs> not as excited as you could have been. Man, it makes I me sound still really can't believe I know it doesn't. I still can't believe like some <laughs> of the grudges that are being held oh between all these players. Because I loved, I loved how they're interviewing all of these players, and it's so great. Um, and but the fact that there are still a huge amount of grudges when they're like, "Hey, Michael, we've got you know this video from your mom reading a letter." Hey, Michael, we've got a video from what's his? I don't know the player Isaiah from Thomas. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Well, I did know back in the day, like he was a fantastic player. Um, yeah. But like they, they're like he's like I don't care whatever he has to say now was not what he thought in the moment. So I don't even want to hear it. Like he didn't even want to watch the video. But mm-hmm. I still can't yeah. believe that team did not shake their hands. Like that's a bunch of BS. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I and I think it goes back to his competitive spirit. And one of the parts that stuck out to me the most is when he's talking to um, is it Bill Wimmington, the center? I think it's Bill. Uh, something. Bill, I think it was like, yeah, Winnington or Wellington. I don't know. Something like that. Um, But he's talking about how Jordan and Pippen and maybe Rodman would play high stakes poker back in the back of the plane. And they're up front playing um, blackjack for like five bucks. And Jordan comes up and starts playing and and Bill's like, what are you doing up here? And he goes, I want to take your money too. Yeah. I mean, that part just, that stuck out to me. The Isaiah Thomas thing was interesting because I remember hearing about that as a kid and like I collected the basketball cards. Like I loved everything NBA when I was a kid. So I've, I followed all of the teams Mm -hmm. and there was always this rumor that there was this big rivalry and almost animosity between Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. Like I remember hearing the rumor that on the I remember that too, that Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the team because Jordan wouldn't play with him. And I like thinking about it before I watched the documentary, I think there, there was a point where I reached as an adult where I thought that was probably all like inflated in my head. And it was all rumors. Right. Like you hear stuff <laughs> and you build it up in your head and then you watch this documentary and no, it wasn't at all. Like he really like to this day, doesn't like Isaiah Thomas. Can't and, stand him. and he said, yeah. you know, he said it wasn't his fault that he wasn't on the 92 dream team, but that was the one player that he asked about whether or not he was going to be on the team. And they knew that if Thomas was there, Jordan wasn't going to be there. And who would you rather have on your Olympic team? I mean, honestly. Yeah. So uh, that was just really fascinating. I really enjoyed learning more about Scottie Pippen. Like I didn't know Mm -hmm. a ton about him and, and he was an intricate, you know, they were a team. They were intricate part together. And I do love how Michael Jordan was like, you know, we really just wanted to be like Larry and magic. Like that was the goal is to be, you know, to be that big of, of a team um, together, those two, that duo. And the fact that they respected each other so much and they still. Yeah. And they still respect each other so much. That to me was a great part of the documentary was learning more about that. Yeah, I thought it, and, I and thought it was, Pippen was often in Jordan's shadow. I mean, everybody yeah. was in Jordan's shadow, but I'm with you, Val. It was, it was very interesting. And I was actually kind of glad that they didn't spend as – they spent more time with Pippen, it seemed, than with Rodman. And Which I'm like, because I, I know Rodman. Rodman is not a yeah. good interview. I, I, I know who he is. I know what he's going to yeah. say. Um, and and a little bit of him goes a long way. So I was I was really grateful that they did focus more on, on, on Scotty. Well, and I think it's great because I think yeah. Pippen's one of those great untold stories in the NBA just because mm-hmm. he was yeah. always kind of a sidekick to Jordan, but in his own right was an incredible player. And oh, yeah. like, you talk about an organization like just 
it was great to see that sports organizations, even back then, would screw their players as bad as they do now. I mean, like <laughs> the contract that he had that was like this long-term 10-year contract. He's like, I mean, I, I needed the money. I wanted the sure deal, so I signed it. Like he could have gotten so much more money if he'd oh, gone yeah. somewhere else, signed a shorter contract, all this other stuff, but he wasn't in it just for the money. He wanted the the um sustainability, he wanted the consistency. Um right. and honestly playing with well, Jordan, I think, I think he knew it elevated his game. Right. Well, and I think that like the kind of team that they had is they had this team where they stuck together, they played clean, they played fair, mm-hmm. and they they stuck up for each other. His coach was his mentor. You know, when your right. coach says, as much as I want you here to win us games, you need to get to the NBA. Like you need to go professional. And he basically helped him go um, when he could have kept him and sucked every last juice out of him so he can get booster money. Like it was, I think yeah. he took that with him. And then when he stood up, when he got to the bulls and he stood up for his coach because he said, I want to play with my coach. I'm not going to play with somebody else because you guys think we're done as a team right. and you don't think he can go very far. Like, this is my team. This is who I'm going to play with. And I thought that was really incredible for him to do because, you know, he could, if he was just in it for him, he didn't need to do that. And it was funny yeah. because I was watching this series and watching Ballers at the same time. So I'd watch a couple episodes of Ballers and a couple episodes of this. And it was such an interesting, like, back and forth duo if you haven't watched the series ballers yet and you love sports and like behind the scenes you should definitely watch it yeah um i yeah i think it was really interesting to see the evolution of michael jordan as a player too um coming in as a young gun um trying to find his place uh and then you know, the first year that he was, that they had Phil Jackson as a coach and how much Phil Jackson really helped him. Like mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was always a super talented player, but he became a great player when he learned how to elevate and build his team up. And that's when right. he became one of the greats, honestly. And, and Jackson, Phil Jackson got him there, you know, when right. he told him, you know, yeah, you could take the shot every time, but look at what you're doing. You're drawing the defense off and this guy's open. We can do this together as a team and helped him kind of see that yeah. vision. Mm-hmm. Jordan became unstoppable at that point. That's why yeah, they early, in, early in his career, he would, he would definitely be double teamed or triple teamed and he'd still be taking the shots Yeah, because he didn't trust the guys around him. But later in his career, when they started winning and winning championships, it's because he did exactly that, Jake. You're right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why you've got the great story with John Paxson and the shot that he had, and then Steve Kerr mm-hmm. and the shot that he had, mm-hmm. um, which I loved the the big celebration after Steve Kerr had hit that shot. And he talked about – and Michael came to me and said, shot's coming to you. And he said, okay, I guess I've got to bail you out again, Michael. And there's that great good humor between them. And, um, but – but yeah, that's when he became really good was with Phil Jackson and helping him see that vision of you're not in this alone and that's going to make you even better. It made yeah. him a better leader. Yeah. So now I want to ask you guys, because this movie would never have been made without Jordan's express consent. And right. to me, it was definitely shaded to be pro Jordan. And I get that, but I kind mm-hmm. of, I'm kind of, I kind of wish that we'd been able to go behind the curtain a little bit more. It felt very safe at times. See, I thought it was going to be way more about Jordan than what it was about. I thought I was just going to turn on a big fat commercial about Michael Jordan and how fantastic he was. And it was just going to be all about how he was so great and how he did it on his own. And then when they start sharing stories about all of these people that made him who he was and how all these different players are also talking about all these other players, like when they're saying, you know, Pippen had raw talent coming in, like he was such a good player. And so there, I I do think, yes, it is about the bulls and how he carried the bulls because he did before Michael Jordan, the bulls were nothing, but right. I, I do think I got more than what I thought I was going to get. Um, I, d- I do think I know I understand what you're saying. I do think that that it's still okay as a person of his stature to not want to share everything. 
Oh, I, yeah. I get that. I, like, I feel like I got enough that I was like, okay, like I know about more about his life and his surroundings than I ever thought. Cause I really, I thought it was going to be a puff piece. I really just thought it was going to be like, let's kiss Michael's butt all through this whole thing. Yeah. And there, I, I, mean, and I there, didn't get there that was a lot it. of, a lot of stuff that they glossed over that I think that it, in a more, in, I don't want to say investigative cause that's the wrong word, but in a more kind of fast pitch instead of softball. Mm-hmm. Um, type of documentary filmmaking they would have gone into. Like they just yeah. kind of go, Oh yeah, I went to um, Atlantic city or Vegas for the weekend. The yeah, night but before it was a big deal. I'm not addicted <laughs> to it. I can no. stop. I just choose not to stop ever and like take everybody's money on the plane. Like, but I don't, I don't have a gambling problem. I, I, I'm comp- I'm betting against my security guards. Yeah. On how well they See, control maybe it's because I don't know as much as you know. So for me, I felt like I was getting a lot of information. I didn't know what there, questions there they weren't asking or what yeah. they weren't covering because I, I literally just thought it was going to be a really fancy Nike commercial about Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would have liked to have seen like a little bit more on the ownership and the management of the team, because that was really from, from the Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson perspective of, look, they told us we were done and Phil Jackson was leaving and that was it. And like, we didn't really get to see a whole lot from their point of view on the decisions that they were making and why they were doing it. I mean, it was a good organization and it was managed well enough that they won six championships. Like, but that last year they're painted out as the bad guys. Right, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe they weren't. And I don't know, but that's the thing is we just get a really one-sided look at that particular thing. Well, and, and Jordan has spent his whole career and his whole life on very carefully and, and artfully crafting an image of himself. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. I totally get that. And I felt like the documentary was almost a continuation of that. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to tell the story that I want you to tell in the way that I want you to tell it because I need to control this other stuff or else you're not going to get any access at all. Yeah. That was my, that was my only drawback. It's immensely entertaining. It's very interesting, especially when this came out and we had no live sports. Right. Yeah. So to be able to watch this once a week and see old basketball games and hear remnant, I'm like, I ate it up. Well, and maybe, maybe the owners and those maybe they didn't want to say anything. Maybe they, you know, they didn't want to comment. I don't know. Cause they did get some of his enemies on there talking about him. And he was like, I don't want to F and talk to that guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I mean, they got Isaiah Thomas to to make a comment and then they showed it to him. He was like, I don't really care what he has to say. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it it definitely was very pro Jordan, but it was still fascinating to see to get that behind the scenes. Look, um, I, I was glad that they covered who they did. Um, I mean, I could have done with less Rodman just because like you said, Tracy, a, a little bit goes a long way, um, with Dennis Rodman. I did, it was um, very interesting to see how Michael and them dealt with him. Like they knew that Dennis Rodman was, you know, like this very different person. And for me, I, I really kind of respected that because you're yeah. going to bring a very talented player but he wasn't like everyone else, but they knew he was talented. And so they were willing to deal with his differences so that he could be a part of the team. Sometimes to Dennis's detriment, they probably shouldn't right. have allowed yeah, him right. to go so far, but there were things about him as in like cross-dressing, ve- being very experimental about his look where at the time in sports, like oh, yeah. that, that was unheard of. And it's the biggest basketball team that's out there and you're, and this team is saying it's okay for him to be experimenting with this stuff. Yes. They wanted to win games and make money, but I think honestly, like Michael said, like we, we let him be himself. Now, sometimes that kicked them in the butt, like when he didn't show up to games and they had to go get him from Vegas. But, um, (laughs) but to me, to me, I kind of liked that, but yes, I'm glad that they didn't give us more Dennis because we've seen enough. Like I've seen enough of Dennis. Yeah, but, but to your well, and I think about, I think a lot of Rodman is persona. Yeah, I I think he definitely puts um, on an act for the camera. That's that's the feeling I get. I think a lot of that's him. 
I really do. I think that's genuine. Rodman just likes to do what what he wants to do. Rodman going to do what Rodman going to do. Yeah. I <laughs> I loved though to your point Val when when uh, the reporters are interviewing Phil Jackson and they're like, you know, isn't this a distraction that Rodman missed practice and then he's not here? Uh, isn't that distracting you from your from the playoff series or whatever and and he just turned to me and said, well, let me clear this up. It's a distraction for you guys. It's not a distraction for us. We're so focused on the game. It's a distraction for you guys. And then they go out and win the series and everything's great. Um, but I, And I think my biggest struggle with Dennis Rodman is at that age, Dennis Rodman was the bad guy and Carl Malone was the good guy. And I can't, mm-hmm. I still can't see it any other way sometimes. I, get and that. I know that that's not totally fair. I mean, right down to they wrestled each other at a pay-per-view for WCW with uh, Hulk Hogan and diamond Dallas page. Yeah. Yep. Diamond Dallas page and Carl Malone were the baby face, the the good guys and the diamond cutter were the, the heels and that's how it went. And anyway, he's an interesting character, extremely talented. I loved when he was describing how he would play and he's like, and then I'd go over here and I get the rebound and then I'd go over there and get the rebound. And then I do this and I do this like, Okay. (laughs) I guess that's, that's probably how it works in his mind, but he wasn't extremely, extremely talented. Just amazing talent. And, and, uh, and, and it, he was. it kind of reinforces like every company has the one or two people who are a complete pain in the butt to deal with, but they're extremely good at what they do. So the management kind of tolerates it and lets yeah. it continue as long as it's being productive. But when that production dries up, Man, if you're being a pain in the butt and you're not producing. Yeah. If you're, and that this is yeah. a good life lesson, kids, to the kids that listen to our show. If you're going to be a pain in the butt at your company, you better be really, really productive. Because yeah, you can't be a pain in the butt and not productive because then you just get fired. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's basically what they said about the general manager, right? What's that mm-hmm. little guy's name that was, was the general Jerry manager Smith? that they, that came over from baseball to be a general right. manager of a basketball team. And they were like, you know, not a lot of people like this guy, but I'm not into hiring people that are likable. I'm into hiring people that, you know, give us a product that can actually make things happen. And him and Michael Jordan did not get along, but other no, people Mark. throughout the documentary, a lot of people throughout the documentary was like, he was just fine. He hung out with my kids. He was, yeah. you know, he was a good guy, but him and Michael, like they, they kind of butt heads Mm -hmm. Um, but again, like he made things happen. He got things done. He did stick his foot in his mouth a couple of times, but right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he was the one that hired Phil Jackson. He was the one that made some of the moves that, that, you know, got Dennis Rodman on the team, did things like that, that, um, show that he was a good general manager, but I think he and Jordan butted heads because, he thought his role as a general manager was to be in charge of the team and run the team. And Michael Jordan thought that that was his job. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, that whole exchange between the two of them and they go back and forth several times and they have clips of Jordan mocking him and yeah. like going on about how short he is and how stupid he is. And that was one of the few times I felt like they were able to kind of peel back the persona of Jordan and kind of, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, okay, you don't like him, but, you're kind of being a real jerk right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, the, and his teammates talked about that too, when they would go to practice and everything and he would really tear into them and stuff like that. And they were like, you can talk about whether he's a jerk or not, but the reality is he expects you to give your all all the time. And, and if he didn't, then he called the you. All. Yeah, yeah, but he did. Yeah. Right. He, he did the same yeah. thing. It wasn't like he wasn't out there pushing just as hard as he was expecting them. But if you made a mistake, he was going to call you out on it and tell you you were right. stupid. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you can talk about whether that works or not. It doesn't work in every environment, but I mean, the results kind of speak for themselves. It worked here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if he didn't have the talent that he had and the work ethic that he had to back it up, it wouldn't have worked. You can't just no, be no. like, you've got to be right, able no. to, to back that up somehow. Um, and even then you can argue whether or not that's the best way to be a leader. I don't know, but it worked. Right. For him. Right. So it's yeah. kind of an old school versus new school mentality. Yeah. And that's more of the old yeah. school way of doing it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and then really, I, I again, I'm going to go back. To... Go ahead, Val. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, go, I, do, go, I just go. wanted to pull back to what Jake said. Um, 
Shoot, now I've now I've lost it. It'll come to me. Go, Val, take it. <laughs> don't, no, don't, don't. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. This, um, I get easy this is our try. 70th episode, I, by the way, folks. We've done this 69 <laughs> times before. Um, I was Best just going to go yet. back to Ballers again with that because as I'm watching these episodes where they're getting into how, you know, he's really started to take hold of the team and push them to be a better team so that they can beat these other teams. Um, I'm watching Ballers and how they're being like very vocal and, and kind of tyrant. And that was kind of how football was at the time. And now they're getting into the new school and these young people coming in are like, you can't use that language with us. You can't call people the P word. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, so I'm watching these things kind of, you know, in sync with each other. And it made, it was making so much sense that, you know, old school versus new school, you know, where I just, I don't think that Michael Jordan's, I don't think that it would have, it would work now as well as it worked back then, Um, but it worked. But it's interesting because um, Jackson was one of the first to kind of take that kind of new school approach. So management was kind of more old school. The coaching was a little bit more new school. So that was an interesting combination. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I do remember what I was going to say, Jake, I think you touched on this is that what Jordan and the bulls did was so revolutionary at the time and things are so different now in the game with, with shoe contracts and with social media and branding. Um, I don't think we're going to see another team pull off six championships in a span like the bulls did. I think, I think it would be really hard. And I think the biggest reason why is because of the way um, player contracts are negotiated Mm-hmm. And I mean, ultimately you look at LeBron James, for example, like he has been on three different teams in his career right. for, if you count Cleveland twice. And I mean, he's been successful at every team, but the reality is it's hard to build a team like the bulls in today's market and environment. Right. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. There's just not that same loyalty. I mean, you look mm-hmm. back when Jordan was playing, Jordan played his whole career with the Bulls, except for the Wizards, you know, with the Wizards, which was a weird thing. And baseball. Uh, yeah. And, but even <laughs> baseball, he went to the, he went to the White Sox that was owned by the same team or yeah. the owner, the same owner that owned the, the Bulls. Um, and you look, but like Larry Bird played his whole career with, with the Celtics. Magic Johnson played his whole played career with the Lakers. Lakers. John and Carl played their whole career with the, mm-hmm. with the jazz, except for one season that Carl did with the, with the Lakers. Cause he wanted to get that ring. Right. Players don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not the way the game works. It's weird to have a player stick around a good top shelf, high caliber player stick around on the same team because the contracts are going to come and the money's going to talk and they're going to go where the money is. I mean, right. that, and, and you can't blame them for that. Like you can't, the market's going to pay what the market's going to pay. Right. Right. And you can't fault the guys for taking that. You don't, but you don't see players playing as long as they used to either, because when True. Michael yeah, came in and he was this young kid, he was playing against guys that were almost in their forties. And that's, right. and the game yeah. has changed. It's way more physical than it used to be. And so mm-hmm. players just don't play as long as they do anymore. And so you have to go where that money is when you can get that money because you you're only it. really playing for six seasons. It seems like, and then you're out because there's going to be some new 14 year old coming up. That's going to take your yeah. place. So, right. and it's way, it's way more physical from my perspective than it oh, used totally. to be. Um, and yep. so your body well, just doesn't well, hold yes up as no. long as it used to be. Yes and no. It's the, more athletic, the, I the, think. That yes, it's a more athletic game. Um, it used to be if you ha- would have like one or two really athletic guys, and the rest could just kind of be slugs almost. Yeah. Everybody on that, like when you have a guy like Giannis <laughs> now who plays for Milwaukee, who are you? I, I'm who's, a slug. <laughs> but a guy like Giannis who's like seven two and he's like running the fast break. I yeah. mean, LeBron James is like a linebacker, but he plays like a point guard. Um, yeah. th- and they talk about this a little bit in the documentary too, that the, you used to be able to be a lot more physical, especially yeah. on defense in the game. I remember those Isaiah Thomas, uh, Bill Lane beer, the bad boys. Well, 
every every team I remember in the '90s that was going to compete um, in the playoffs and have a chance to win a championship, you had to have at least one or two bigs in the middle. Yep, and not yep. just like a tall guy; like they had to be big. Like the Jazz went out and got Greg Ostertag and mm-hmm. brought him on, the least athletic guy that's ever played basketball. Just Maybe a wall. I don't know, and I can't say that. Look, I'm not a wall, really. Yeah, but that's what his job was, so was to sit in the middle. Stand there and intimidate. Nobody mm-hmm. was expecting him to score. Nobody was expecting him to run the floor. It was, you stand there, you play defense, and that's what he did, and he was good at Mark Eaton's another great example. Yep, yep. I mean, and that's what they looked for, and you don't see players like that anymore. The, no. uh-huh. the game has changed and gone away from that, but it is more physical uh, and demanding in a different way because they are mm-hmm. running before and they are so it's so much more fast paced. Oh, and some people see more entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe it is. I mean, Rudy Gobert is a huge center, but he just doesn't look like he's got the same mass that Mark Eaton had. Oh, totally, totally agree. Yeah, a lot of these guys now that are that are tall or like I said are super athletic. They're out on the perimeter. They're not just standing in the paint. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a very different game. It's I a think different it's game for sure. Yeah. Um, so do you think, I, I don't know. Do you think Jordan would have been able to handle the game now with the yes. social media and the extra press? And um, I think so. I think yeah. he would have. He's a pretty savvy guy. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many, yeah really big scandals has he been in since he left the game. And I know that he's not in the same amount of spotlight that he was during the game, but I mean, I I don't know that it really changes the amount of coverage that he would have had on him. I think you look at like a LeBron James or a Kobe Bryant and they both did relatively well in their careers and have done really well in their careers. um, As far as managing that, that aspect of it. I mean, a couple of missteps here and there, but that's because they're human beings and human beings make mistakes my mistakes just don't get broadcast to everybody in the world. (laughs) I I also think he surrounded himself with the right people. Like he was still very close to his mom, his old coaches, his mentors, you know, he didn't just like like, listed as his best friend who just looked like average Joe off the street. Who the heck is that guy? But it's his best friend. He hangs out with him all the time. It's his personal assistant. Yeah, I don't think he changed much from when he left college ball to the NFL. I mean, he got a little more confident as everyone yeah. does as they do better in their job. But it seemed like to me he didn't go all Hollywood, you know, on on himself. So I, I think that he would have been just fine, honestly. I don't yeah. think he would have had problems. I, I think the only difference would have been he would have made a lot more money. <laughs> Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. he would have been all over that TikTok, Instagram life, man. He would have just killed it. Yeah. Um, and I just – that if that guy did not miss a way to make money. Like, if there was Ooh. a way to make money off his name that was re- – like – and I don't mean to make it sound like he was, like, you know, cheap about it and he would just take any endorsement. But he right. found ways to do really good endorsements that made him a lot of money and really set smart. that foundation – yeah, he was very smart. Mm-hmm. And he set that foundation for players that came after like Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and um, that they're more than just a basketball player. They are a brand unto right. themselves. Right. And I think that's amazing uh, to see what they've, they've been able to accomplish. Um, you talked, Val, about the, the grudges that he held. Um, and when yeah. they started talking about the Jazz – um, like when he talked about, yeah, I, like Brian Russell ran into me one time at a workout or whatever. And <laughs> it was like, while he was playing baseball and he was like, Oh man, it's uh-huh. too bad you're not playing. Cause I could totally take you. I could totally guard you. And I really would love to guard you and whatever. It's like, yeah. So when we played him in the finals, like I remembered that and I needed to show him that he years couldn't. later, I'm like, dude, man, the guy does not remember, like, does not forget anything. Like, don't ever say anything to Jordan because he will hold it against you. Just be like, oh, yeah, you're the greatest, Mike. I love you. That's all you should ever say, or else. But I think he said it from the beginning. He set a precedence when he showed up to North Carolina and he said, I want to be the best person. I want to be the best basketball player. And so right. it's yeah. about being the best. And when you're about being the best and you're about pushing yourself and there are a lot of people that want to be the best at what they do, but they take shortcuts, shortcuts to get them. And I right. love what he's, you know, when his coach is like, okay, then, 
he's like, you need to practice more. And he's like, I practice as much as the rest of these guys. And he's like, well, you said you wanted to be the best. Right. And that probably stuck yeah. with him so that when right. somebody says I could totally take you even in jest, he's like, no, I'm, I want to be the best and I will prove it to you, you know? And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're not hurting anyone, but you're right. right. Like there's no way that I would be like, Hey, Michael, like, it's too bad you're not playing right now. He's a rookie. Russell's a rookie. He's talking to one of the greatest of all time. He's going to run his mouth a little bit. He's a young, cocky little guy. And, but Jordan, Jordan, and he he mentions this during the show a couple times in that he would find things to motivate himself. Yeah, he totally did. If, if, and if it didn't exist, he would make something up. Like he would think that somebody slighted him when he didn't just so he would have that extra drive. talked about in one of the, the final series against the jazz. One of the things that motivated him was that Carl Malone won the MVP that year. Yep. That's yep. totally not Carl's fault. But, but the, but like, so I had to go out there and show him like, I had to show him that I'm the number one. Let me show you what's up. And now right. I'm going to beat your team in the finals. Like he would find those ways. And that's why you just can't give him extra. Just don't, because right. he, <laughs> right. he's already going to find enough on his own. So, um, Jake, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, uh, your thoughts on uh, Food Poison Gate. Okay, so here's the thing. Because um, <laughs> this is I, one of those things that they just kind of mention and then move on. So, one thing that I will say that I respected about Michael Jordan in that whole thing, because everybody else was kind of implying something, right? Like, it was food poisoning on purpose, Kind right. of a thing, you know, five guys show up to deliver a pizza. Who, who has five? I'll tell you who has five guys deliver a pizza. Some podunk pizza place in Salt Lake city. When Michael Jordan is the one ordering the pizza, you betcha all yep, five guys. Are coming to do that. That. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm coming yeah. on this. I'm coming on this delivery. But, but one thing that I will respect about Michael Jordan is he did not for the most part, imply at all that it was anything done on purpose. He right. said, I ate that pizza. I was sick the next day. It was not a flu game. It was a food poisoning game. And that's not necessarily like you guys did this to me on purpose. Like a lot of right. people yeah. kind of took kinda it took as, it and, and some of the implications from some of the other people that they talked to. Um, I think it's totally possible. I don't know what, what the pizza place was that he ordered from, but if it was yeah. open that late and it was the only one that was open in Salt Lake, it's probably pretty sketchy. And so I, chances yeah. are he could have actually really gotten food poisoning. I was going to say, I know of one place right across the street from KUTV, just, just down the street that's open late that delivers pizza. And yeah, I could imagine that getting food poisoning. Yeah. I, I know that when I worked graveyard shift, um, a few years ago, we ordered pizza from a local chain and I don't want to say the name cause like it doesn't matter. Yep. And the next day I was sicker than I've ever been. So like, I mm. get it. Like you're, you're ordering late night pizza. It's you don't know. <laughs> it's like gas station sushi. But oh, I will don't say, do that. yeah, don't do gas station sushi. Bad idea. But I will say that's still one of the most amazing feats in sports. Ever, oh yeah. That, that sick and came out and played as well as he did. Like it I was amazing. It I remember watching that game and like bull crap. He's got the flu. He would, that was them faking us out. But then you watch the footage and everything that, and no, he was not faking it. And it was, <laughs> he just it found a way to, to overcome it. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's my thoughts on it. I think he probably really did get food poisoning. I don't think it was anything nefarious or done on purpose. Yeah. yeah. I think the five people coming to see the pizza delivered, were hoping to get a, a glimpse of Michael Jordan that's exactly because it's like Utah's, are nerds when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like we are not what? a big We're city. We're everything. not. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we, it's almost like we've got this, like, we want to be one of the big guys. I don't want to say right. it's like a Napoleon complex, but we want to be it like, is. we want to be one of the cool kids. And so when something like that, it's exciting. And like, we're all going to be nerding out about it. It's just the right. way we are. I'm sorry. Well, it's just, it's the same reason why in and out Burger, when it opened in Salt Lake and you had lines around the block for miles to go to in and out Burger, like we just nerd out about stuff. It's who we are. I've accepted it. <laughs> it it's Sundance every year, you know, go up and yeah. see if I can spot a celebrity across the street. Yeah. Cause they're, you know, 
in now, some way. people get to hang out with Jack Black during Sundance, but not all of us. That's true. I love Jack Black. I love my, him my favorite too. thing about that story, Val, is that you've said he's a nice guy, and that just makes me happy. He is like, a nice guy. It was like I've the best that. encounter ever. I have wow. heard that he is one of the most genuine guys in Hollywood. Yeah. Jack Black. I, if, I don't if run often, show, but I ran with Jack Black. <laughs> Jack Black, if you're listening to the show in between the great videos that you're making on your Facebook and Instagram <laughs> right now, like we'd love to have you as a guest. Absolutely. We, I don't care what we talk about. We could just talk about you if you want. Like, just come be on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going topless in order to try and get people to wear masks, dancing around in yeah. his underwear. I love it. Yeah. He's just the most incredible. Like, I want to be Jack Black when I grow up. I'm, I'm yep. getting there. I'm probably past <laughs> I passed there. Longer beard. You need a longer beard. I, I well, definitely yeah, need the beard. Yeah. Let's give this a grade because speaking of special guests and everything we need to talk about next week. Yep. Um, but let's give this a grade before we do that. Um, Tracy, what do you grade this documentary series, this docu-series, if you will? docu-series. Um, I don't know if it needed to be 10 episodes. I think you probably could have gotten away with eight. Um, there were yeah. a couple times it felt just a little long. Um, like I said earlier, my few minor complaints where I felt like it was very, um, rose colored glasses when it came to Jordan, they kind of put a soft filter on him, uh, rough, you know, softened up some of the rough spots. Um, I'd give this probably a B plus. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great series. It's definitely worth checking out. If you haven't already, it's on Netflix now. Um, yep. it, it's interesting to see behind the scenes of one of the greats. Yeah. Yep. It is on Netflix now. That is true. Um, and if you don't but, have Netflix, you can actually rent it on Amazon for like two ninety nine. Yeah, there you go. And it was on ESPN, but you should just be warned that the language on it is not ESPN language when you're watching it. <laughs> you like if you're sitting down with like your twelve year old son because you're like, this was basketball when I was a kid. Just be aware of the language. Your twelve year olds probably heard it in in school. You know your 12-year-old better than we do. We're not telling you how to raise your kids. I'm just – you just need to be aware. Val, what would you grade? <laughs> the thing you call school. I have no idea what that even is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with Tracy. I do – I really enjoyed this. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, but this – it gave me a lot I – don't, I don't follow basketball as much as you guys do, but I did play – when I was younger, when all of this was such a big deal. And yes, I was five, five and I played center and I kicked butt at it. So you guys can all bite me because I don't mind knocking people over that are twice my size and my Jordans helped me out. So dude, you're um, feisty. <laughs> I could totally um, see you taking on these other kids. And it was Catholic school basketball. So those girls are just really rowdy. Um, but I, <laughs> I agree with, with Tracy that I feel like it could have been eight episodes. It did feel like I was trying to push myself, uh, you know, to, to finish watching the rest. Um, but I give it a solid B plus. I super enjoyed it. I loved learning about all these things I didn't know about and about these players that I really didn't know about and behind the scenes, you know, with Nike and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think B plus for sure. Yeah. I, I'd probably give it a B just because they did beat my jazz at the very end. And so I still, <laughs> maybe I am a little bit more bitter about that than I thought, but I, I do think it was good. I think you should watch it. If you were a fan of the NBA during this time, if you're a fan of the NBA now and you want to see how it's changed, if you've heard the legends and the myths and everything else about Michael Jordan, this is a great um, introduction into that. And you should definitely, for that reason alone, he's one of those figures. Um, he's up there with a Muhammad Ali yep. uh, type. He, he transcended the sport. Yeah. I mean, he, Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, uh, Michael Jordan. If I was building a Mount Rushmore of basketball or sports figures, Michael Jordan would go on there. It would probably be like Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, um, you know, or he goes to tag. Like, Greg Ostertag for sure. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that seems to be the trend lately. People who don't like deserve it all to be wall? on a Mount Rushmore asking to be on a Mount Rushmore. I, seems I to be sent a, trend. a softball and Jake just knocked it out of the park. So, um, <laughs> uh, But speaking of Babe Ruth, 
Next week, we are talking about a movie that has a lot to do with Babe Ruth. It was signed by some you know, baseball, signed by some lady, Baby Ruth. I, Babe Ruth? We are talking about The Sandlot. This has probably been our most requested <laughs> episode since we've yeah. done this show. Um, we are so excited to be doing that. Val, why don't you tell us a little bit about the special guests that we have lined up for The Sandlot? So I'm very excited because we were supposed to do this episode um, for a while. We were supposed to do it last summer. It didn't work out. Then we were going to do it this summer with a lot of the cast um, and our good friend, Marshall Moore, who used to be um, the uh, film commissioner here in Utah and now is in charge of the Utah Film Studios. And he's a really good friend of theirs. But because of COVID, we can't really do all of that outdoor stuff and bring in um, a whole bunch of the actors. So Marshall Moore is going to be on here. He has, he won is a huge baseball fan. Um, when you could travel and go do things, that was actually one of his um, big vacations of the year. He and his family would actually go um, and watch like preseason um, baseball when they would do, um, when they would go, what is it? Practice, but it's not called practice. What's it called? Spring training. Training. Yeah. Spring training. They would go to yeah. spring training. Um, like that's what he would do for his vacation. That's, um, how big of a, uh, baseball fam, him and his family are all of his kids play softball and or baseball. And then we're going to have a special guest from the movie on that. I'm trying to bring up because I totally forgot the name. <laughs> the actual name of the actor, but I can't find my message from Marshall it, it Moore. Was, um, um, let's see. Did, did oh, yeah, you, I did put it in I, your guy. Secret, our yeah, you said it's a secret mystery guest. No, the Shane Obedzinski. Obedzinski yes. is. And he played one of the, the kids in the movie, Tommy Repeat, I think. Yes. And he is so much fun. So I've already met um, all of the cast when they came out here um, for their last anniversary a couple of years ago. And they were so much fun. I got to interview them on B98.7. And this specific guest has so many great stories. Um, so make sure you guys tune in, ask questions about the movie, about the guests. Um, Marshall can kind of give you behind the scenes with, you know, the making of this stuff. And then, of course, um, our special guest can tell you all about the cast, how they made it. Like they were all just a bunch of kids, you know, right. yeah. getting played, getting paid to play ball and chew gum and <laughs> go to pools. And, you know, it was all just a lot of fun. So it's such a fun movie to be able to cover. Bunch of kids who who got to spend one of their, one of the summers of their formative years in Salt Lake city, Utah, every kid's dream. <laughs> they come back a lot. <laughs> I know it, it, Go ahead, Tracy. I was just going to say, so this morning I had the prices right on in the background while I was working and they gave away a trip to Salt Lake City. Five <laughs> nights at the Doubletree. What was the price on that? Uh, Five nights at the Doubletree. Now that could get pricey. Now, is it the one out by the airport? Because that's real no, nice. No, it's, it's the one in the heart of downtown. Okay. Well, that's bad. Yeah, I, think, I think it was like $4,000 or something. Okay. And this is from LA to, to Salt Lake. But I'm like, hey. We're big time. Come on. We are That's right. We time. are big time. There's that Utah nerdiness coming out again. We're big time. We're, we were, we're on, the price, on right. the price is right. Um, before um, we I go, do want to also mention that he was in My Girl as well, which was one of my favorite That's movies right. of that time. A lot. That's Sandlot. right. Yeah. So you can yes, ask him about girl, that as well. One. Um, we also want to give a shout out. If you guys have not seen uh, on our social media, Utah remote con is coming up in about a mm -hmm. month. Um, this is a cool thing that we are putting together with our soul and droids family. Um, listen, we all like going to conventions. We all like doing panels at conventions and we're trying to bring a little bit of that into your living rooms since we can't go to conventions right now. Um, and this is a time of year when there, when a lot of them happen, Comic-Con in San Diego just happened. Uh, right. Fan X was supposed to happen next month, which is a big local one for us here. Um, so we're trying to fill that void a little bit. Um, and we are also trying to raise money for a good cause. So we are going to have set up so you can donate to American Cancer Society, which is something that has hit very close to home for a lot of members of our uh, Soul and Droids family. And I think for a lot of families in general, oh, yeah. uh, I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb at all. It's by saying most people pretty much hate cancer. It's like the worst. So we are fighting against it, raising money for that. Um, you want to go to utahremotecon.com 
to find out more details about it. You can also follow it on social media, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we'll be announcing more and more guests. Um, a lot of us will show up on those guest announcements because we're all <laughs> going to be participating. But we've, uh, got, we've got the Stolen Droids crew. We got cutscenes and cupcakes coming on. We've got multiplane, so we'll see mm -hmm. uh, Tyler on some things as well. Yep. Uh, but we've also we've put the the call out for panelists, and we've had a, quite a few people reach out to us already. So it won't just be, be stolen fun. droids, people. It'll be all sorts, and it'll be really awesome. So we are grateful to the community uh, for reaching out to us, uh, and we're grateful to you guys if you want to attend and and check that out. It's free. It's totally free. Yep. We're just yep. asking you to donate money to fight cancer. And so. and it, it, I used. When, when my wife was diagnosed three weeks ago with breast cancer, Jake, I used one of my swears on Facebook when it came to the, to the bleep cancer. So, yeah. You're allowed that, one swear a month. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, Tracy, our, our swears that we use on the show do not apply to your personal life and they your don't. Facebook. And especially what? when cancer is concerned, you can use as many swears as you want because <laughs> trust me, dude, that... Now like, you don't tell me. That. What do I know? But now you tell me. So use as many swears as you want. <laughs> All right. So next week, you guys show, Sandlot, we will have more details um, about Utah Remote Con coming up. So please check out that social media. Please come back for Marshall Moore and Shane Obadzinski uh, from Sandlot. It'll be an awesome show. We're really excited about it. Like I said, our number one requested episode. So we're finally... Mm -hmm finally By doing far. this. It just took a global pandemic to We're make it happen. We're finally... <laughs> no, we wanted to do it. We've wanted to do it in a big way, we but We're... yeah. Yeah. So we're, we, we are super excited. Join us next week. And until then we won't see you at the movies. Bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.